What's up, people? This is Gangster Geek Hard. Um, first podcast. New to this. I'm not perfect. Um, only thing I have to talk about right now is what I've noticed about hip hop. We got a lot of things to talk about. I could talk about anything, but the one thing I want to talk about is hip hop and the state it's in right now. For instance, um, there's an age gap, an age gap and an age cap on hip hop music. If you're a certain age, they don't rock with you. But when you look at other genres like rock and other, you know, genres, they're always have room for their older acts. And I want to know why is that? Why is it the younger you are and the dumber your music is, the more popular you are? You get what I'm saying? That's what I want to know. If you look, the dumber the music get, the worse crime is in the urban areas. areas. And this is pure facts. Yo. Yo. Oh, finally, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's- man. Huh? One time is in here with Gangsta Geek Hall on his podcast. You know what? You know? You here? We ain't here. We found. We've been doing this for a minute, fam. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm not even gonna get started on like our credentials and <laughs> shit like that, you know. That's real. It, it'll it'll be too much. Yeah, you know. I mean, but what I go ahead. But what I am gonna do today, since I got you here with me, yeah, we're gonna talk about the state of hip hop, oh. the lack of state. Of- yeah. Yeah, that's good stuff. I'm up for it. Oh, you blowing up. <laughs> oh, you already know. You already know. I'm up for it, man. Let's get it. Well, look. First things first. Why are all songs sounding the same nowadays? Because nobody putting in that effort, man. Ain't nobody taking time to, like, really perfect their craft, man. Everybody want to use MIDI kits. And it's so sad for us, man. Us producers that can really play, man. It's so sad because everybody want to use loops and MIDIs, man. Come on, man. Correct. 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 That is... That's true. It's all... Everybody has a part to play. You know, there's there's always a man in the back. The record executives that are telling them to do this type music. They, think about it. They're getting young mm-hmm. males carefully with from broken homes yep. in the ghetto in these real. metro cities. And they're getting them to That's real. rap basically. Yeah, they're getting them to rap basically propaganda. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's real, man. Cause like um ninety five percent of the um 
record label these days ran by John Niggas, a club promoter. He started off as a club promoter. Yeah. That's what niggas feel to realize, man. Yeah, I can go deeper than that. Go ahead. I, I read I read an article where most um labor owners have some type of stock in private prisons. Right. You get what I'm saying? Right. So it's, it's deeper than what people want to let know. You know what I mean? It's deeper than that. Like it didn't that goes to my other question, my rebuttal on Facebook. This is Gangster Geek Hall. You can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, by the way. And one time, let them know your tags, man. Oh, one time on sticks, man. Time with a Y. Um, go get that trap booming off of everything. It's everywhere. It's going crazy. Beat bangers, we here. We up in here, man. Hey, look, the homie got that heat. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> but that, that goes to the topic we mentioned yeah. all that now the topic of this podcast is why do hip hop have an age gap basically on this music and, and these other genres don't like it's the only genre that doesn't because people because people so limited man people don't want to you know what i'm saying put it to work and then the age gap thing man like i was talking to a homie earlier man about the age thing man i was like look at jp he started at 26 man. look at two chains he broke out at 34 man i feel like it's really not no age if you ask me bro there's no excuses it's just uh, that it's just that we we as artists we got to take our craft more more serious. You see what's happening to producers at, at Atlantic right now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, bro. Like like people been telling us that for years. Like Charlie Red, he tell us that all the time, man. He been telling us that through his music, bro. Like yeah. how they, how, they, how they try to make him a slave, man. Like <laughs> I never signed yeah. a pub, man. I never signed a pub deal, man. Yeah, but see, that's another thing. Like we mentioned earlier, you had these young black males mm-hmm. from broken homes, right? You know that that are basically menace to societies, or they know menace to societies very close, and they express right. it in their music, and we're getting a harsh reality because they're not doing like in the nineties where. NWA, Tupac, Biggie, and all them was rapping that violence, but they was telling you the consequences or why this violence is going on or how is this violence going on. These guys that are rapping now are glorifying the violence, glorifying doing the drugs, not selling the drugs to get on and move on to something better. You get what I'm saying? I feel sad. I feel sad for our generation, man, because our kids coming up listening to this mess, man. The the users, the the ones that sell, don't became the users. Yeah, I mean, well, the the kids are the users now. Exactly. The ones that were selling dope, now their kids are the users are in in making this music, you know. Right, <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Right. Like, right? They think popping like, popping pills is cool, man. That junk killing you, man. 
the rapper that died, what was his name? Little Pete. How old was he? 20 years old? 20 years old, bro. 20 years old. Come on, bro. We got to do better in the, in the hip-hop community. Not just in the hip-hop community. Uh, the music industry, bro. Because we're role models for the next generation, man. But it's sad to say we have no control over that because... The yeah. labels, the labels pay for promotion, and by them paying for promotion, the radio has to play it. Right. You you, you dig, you dig what I'm saying. I get you. I deal, so, bro. so that's a bigger plan orchestrated by the man. If you get what I, if you right. if you dig, you get the dig. You know. I got you. So. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, it's, it's crazy because man, I never seen. So many people talk about lean. Like you had to be from Texas, really, to know what lean was, bro. Like, yeah. bro, like you really know. But now they put it right in your face, bro. Like ain't no, ain't no hiding. And and and, and another yeah about that. Like people are really like in the suburbs and all over the East Coast, West Coast, doing this shit. Lean and Xanaxes. <laughs> shit, right. you know, people are dying, ODing off this shit. Like it's not right. like in the nineties where they talked about hitting a blunt and going to sell the hustle, right. make a flip or some shit. Nah, these niggas is talking about just doing drugs, fucking bitches, right. money, and wasting money. Got money, doing drugs, lean, lean, lean. Like they they doing cadences about lean, bro. Come on now. <laughs> I I I have never. In my one time heard any of these new mumble rappers, if you will, yeah, talk about investing any money, yeah, or, or putting any money away, talking about anything constructive. To be honest, that's what's crazy. That's what we needed. That's why I'm so happy Jay Z came up with four 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 because people people breaker was pretty slept on, man, especially with the youth and what he was saying, bro. Oh, me, I'm old school. I'm, that's my favorite rapper, so I reflect to what I know. You know what I'm saying? I understand what he was trying to get across. Me too. Me too. Just like the invest, the invest quote, man, stop holding money up to your ear, you know, for a phone. Like, niggas didn't get that. Like, they felt some type of way. Way about that. that bro. That's facts. So, I just, I just, I'm trying to, what I'm trying to do inside the industry is take it to a new direction, bro, and show them it's a better way out here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Show them it's a better way. You ain't got to be always be the rapper. We ain't, you ain't even got to be always be the producer. It's, it's many ways out here to get it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, true. Everybody, every uh, a tax time. This is sad to say, tax time. A new rapper is born, bro. Every tax season. Look at you. It. You're correct about that. Look at it, bro. They go straight to the um the pawn shop. Oh, I'm going to give me some equipment. As soon as my yeah. tax, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's what's yeah. crazy. But you know what I'm saying? I'm I'm keeping that all the way real, man. That's why I got on this pod with you, man. That's why I got up yeah. here. Real. And I and I appreciate that. Don't think I don't. 
You know, and I, I'm happy that we speaking that real shit and not on that fantasy. I'm not gonna sugarcoat, bro. Like, yeah, yeah. And I don't been through it. Like, the one thing I hate most, man, like, like these rappers, these rappers just say, "Oh," and I'm speaking for all of us producers, man. So, you know, producers listen to this. Don't deal with the next Friday niggas. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Listen <laughs> to their craft, man. Don't wait on them. Play that beat for somebody else. You know what I'm saying? Correct. I don't care for 30 niggas, man. One of them niggas going to pick it up, bro. Mm-hmm. I, I get it. It, it. it stop stealing beats. Like, go if, like, even I, even if I'm a, I'm a producer, and even when I go purchase beats, even if the beat ain't nothing but twenty, thirty fucking fuck dollars, yeah, get it, get the lease until you can do better. Like it's yeah. a business, you got to treat everything as it's a business, as if it's a business. That's the thing about it. These niggas don't know if they get paid every month or every quarter. That's right. <laughs> if That's right. you can't, you can't talk to me if you don't know if you get paid every every quarter. You know what I'm saying? That's like, right. For real. Like every okay. quarter. And we're gonna go ahead and drop that drop that knowledge on them real quick. Like if you if, <laughs> if you really listen to this podcast, we're gonna give y'all the secret right now to get all your music heard. All your music right. heard. And it's affordable. All you gotta do is pay attention, listen to this podcast, and we're gonna do it right after this beat break. Holla. Feet Holla. We'll be back. Hey, hey. Hey, y'all, that jump thump there, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't think they can handle that, man. Uh-uh. <laughs> we live, baby. All right. Now. Yeah, we live, we back, we back, we back. As promised, this is your man, Gangsta Geek Hall. Let's get it. With one time. You know who I am, man. It's your boy, one time, man. We ill uh, beat bangers. We up in here. Shorty red stamped. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's my nigga, you know. But we ain't gonna talk about too much of our accolades and what we have accomplished. We we gonna get to the topic because the proof is in the pudding. You know what I'm saying? The man got beat tapes on iTunes, you know. So <laughs> it, it, man, he, hey, he got albums and singles on iTunes. Correct. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's correct. <laughs> And fuck, and we 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 been working, man. And fuck all y'all young niggas that think old niggas can't do it. Right. <laughs> Straight up. That's what it's gonna be. Cause uh, some of the older niggas, truth be told, do it better than y'all young niggas. Cause y'all ain't talking uh, about y'all ain't talking about shit, Free. bro. <laughs> Free, bro. <laughs> well, back back at the topic ahead. Oh, before we we talk about. You know, I, I, you know what we were gonna tell him. Drop that jewel on him. Um, did oh you, yeah. Did you check that Mace this out that he did the care? I know I'm kind of old. And this was kind of old. What did yeah. you? Mace got bars, man. Murder Mace got bars. Mace do got got bars, man. He slept on. Yeah. But so, no, the funny thing is, he wrote. They don't of, understand most of the stuff that, and I kind of figured that back in the nineties, man. Most yeah. of the stuff they was rapping, bro. Mace was right. Writing. Yeah, like people didn't know that, man. Like uh-huh. you got to word. If you about this music, man, you about this music, and you passionate about it, you always got to do your homework. Why you think they put platforms like, like Google? Yahoo, um, YouTube, you know for us here, man, so we could so we could get what we need. You know what I'm saying? They're trying to teach us the knowledge, man. There's actually good people out there that's trying to teach us, man. But y'all, it's up to y'all to do y'all homework and y'all research. We can't do it for y'all. You know what I'm saying? You there? Huh. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what hard doing, man, but I, I just I'm just gonna drop some, some more jewels on y'all, man. And make sure you have a lawyer, man. Make sure you lawyered up, man. And if you ain't, be in the process of it. You know how they go. You know how they go. Waiting on my waiting on my host, man. Geek. Hard. Right. What happened to that nigga, man? Yeah. My bad about that, man. Um, 
you know, dropping them jewels, the government do funny things. Yeah. Like I was saying, man, we got to um start investing into ourselves, man. We got to start lowering it up, man. We got to start. And if you don't got a lawyer, man, um, have one on the way, man. Get smart about your business, man, for real, because you don't want to be inside that predicament when they own you, bro. For real. Yeah, yeah. So they they don't want you to succeed. Yeah. Yeah. So so you got to do you got to do what's best for you, and you got to go in there level headed and let them know you ain't one to be messed with. But at the same time, keep that consciousness. You know what I'm saying? You can't go in there acting all hood and stuff. Man. You got to be very professional, bro. That's true. Have some professionalism about yourself. That means be on time for shit. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Really? Exactly. That means be on time for shit. And uh, don't take. Don't waste people's time. You get what I'm saying? Time is something they cannot get back. Wasted time? You could have had some more money by some time you get some money. Some time. Excuse me. That's true. But uh, back to the topic at hand. Uh, we, did prom- we promised them that we was going to tell them Oh yeah, uh, a way to get their music played on plenty of Platforms, okay, for, uh, for an affordable price. <laughs> go ahead, I, and, and and if you you artists will go out here, y'all would if y'all did your research, you can really find it. It's, it's nothing but a site called Distro Kid. Yes, Distro, Distro Kid. Shout out to them. Shout out to Distro Kid, a uh, a company out of England, I believe. Yeah. And, not TuneCore, it's okay. Mm-hmm. They got good roots, TuneCore. So they tell you that they legit, legit like a motherfucker. Like, and shout out to them for hosting, uh, putting my music on every platform. I'm, I'm grateful. I'm forever grateful. For real, for real. And you, and not to mention, it's an affordable price of like twenty bucks a year. Yes, twenty bucks a year. That's for the standard membership. Yes, and you have your music played, and, and on top of that, you keep one hundred percent of your royalties. Exactly. Like, wow. Yeah, and you guys did smoke weed and not talk about anybody. Yeah. You know, anybody to do drugs, buy Fendi belts. If you can't afford a Fendi belt, you can afford twenty dollars. Come on now. Let's be real. <laughs> Let's be real. You can afford it, you know. Now, it's no excuses now. No excuses. I'm not, you don't, don't have to. Go ahead. I would say I'm not gonna drop too much knowledge at one time. Oh yeah. No pun intended. One time, but it's just, <laughs> it's just that you know I'm 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 transitioning transitioning into. Uh, music management or a background figure. So basically I'm just gonna not do that. <laughs> you know? So, 
Yeah. Yeah, because that's what it is. I'm not going to call any names, but it was a cat on um, Facebook. He kept asking me about being a manager. So I was like, yeah, I could do that. Then when I said I was gun ho to do it, he was like, well, what do you got to offer? Yeah. And I didn't tell him up front. I just said, I don't think I can. What what can I promise him? I said a, a solid project, um, in your music to be heard on a platform. See, these guys are too concerned about performing when they don't have nothing to promote while they're performing. What album are you promoting? What single are you promoting? Right, like promoting for what? For them to listen <laughs> to it on SoundCloud? No, you want to promote the song so they can go listen to it. On Spotify, iTunes, all these platforms, title, so yeah, Google Play, so you can you can somehow have an income from your music, but they don't listen. You know, they don't listen. I'm not, I'm not knocking live mixtapes in that pill. What true. we got going on, what we got going on, is bigger than live mixtape in that pill. You know. That's right. That's right. Like, you know, and then you got to go. So I, the thing I hate about those, you got to go through so much to get yourself on there. So yes. Why not? Why not invest into yourself and <laughs> get up there? And then you got to go through a middleman that been knowing the people for a minute, and you can't trust everybody. That's another mm. thing. Trust. I, I don't know. You can't trust everybody with your money, bro. Everybody, oh, send me this much and I get your um mixtape on or something like that. Come on, man. Uh, you can't do uh, that. And I'm so sick of people saying they have labels and don't release music. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, your label, your where's your in, independent release at? You won't even go invest twenty dollars to um put out a record. Right. I'm so sick of those artists, man. I'm I'm feeling the same way you are. I'm sick of the I'm sick of the labels <laughs> gassing these niggas. Yeah. That's me being honest, bro. Sick of the labels, man, because it's it's some whack stuff being put out right now, man. Yeah. Whack stuff. You could you could say you could say peanut butter jelly sandwich no 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 like like and it's gonna sell us at the club and people gonna be dancing to it bro come on now that's yeah. not that's not music <laughs> it's gonna catch the kids attention because you saying peanut butter jelly about thirty times you know what I'm saying yeah but it ain't really nothing yeah to boast about you know right um, and then so- I have. I have those art, those rappers. I ain't gonna call no name to be like, bro. Listen to my stuff. <laughs> it's nothing like, like they say it is. You know what I'm saying? When they talking out their mouth, I ain't gonna say no name. <laughs> I get done like that. The rappers, please stop coming up to me when I'm in Walmart saying, "Can I spit this for you?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
that'd be the worst thing, man. I can't even. I can't even go. Go get me no groceries in there. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, it's all it's all love at the end of the day. But it's a time and place for that too, man. I'm gonna look at you like you're crazy if you do it again. Mm-hmm. Real. But yeah, man, we gotta we inside this industry, we gotta yeah. that's that's what it's all about. That's why me and her trying to get y'all these jewels, man, because we had to do our research, you know what I'm saying? We had to, you know, nobody to be out here lost, you know? Yeah. That's the thing about it. Everybody, everybody don't do their research. They're gonna be lost, man. Yeah. <laughs> you got something to say, Har? Well, you know, like you said, they don't do the research. They rather be SoundCloud rappers. I mean, I'm not knocking that. I'm not knocking that. Hey, chance, chance, chance is the most successful. Daggone SoundCloud rapper, I know. Bro. I don't know. I don't yeah. know many of those. I don't know many of those. I said that I know of. Like I should say that I know of. Yeah. Chance, Chance is the only one that I know that was like really successful out of. Yeah. <laughs> he got three Grammys. Yeah. <laughs> yes, but you know, you know how that goes, man. You know. Yeah. You know how that goes, man. Like he, he's like the fucking chosen one. You know? Yeah. Let me let me say something else too. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, you rappers, y'all think y'all gonna get Grammys, man? It's all a politician, man. It's all about politics, man. The white people put you in there if they want you in there. I'm just keeping it real. Don't think you're gonna make some hits and get a Grammy. <laughs> For real. I'm just being honest with you. Facts. That's facts. So yeah, I just want y'all to know, I'm 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 not gonna give y'all all the game at one time, but I'm just trying to give y'all little bits and pieces at one time. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't gonna give it to y'all at one time. I can't give y'all all of me. <laughs> <laughs> Facts. <laughs> yeah. What you got what you gotta say, Hart? Well, um right now I am going into the hip hop news, if you will. I'm pulling it up on my computer so we can talk about a little bit of what's going on. That Carly B is tearing up the charts though, man. I I give it to her. Oh yeah. Cardi B, man. Shout out to Cardi, man. For real. She been putting in that grind, man. She meant she wasn't going back to the strip club. And she wasn't playing. Yeah, she meant it, bro. I'm I'm, I'm happy for her, for all her success, man. I hope she keep going with it. Yeah. Don't let these niggas get away, man. It, it it seems if, if well it looks like Justin Timberlake is getting a little backlash, man. It says fans don't know what to make of Justin Timberlake's "Man of the Woods" track list. Wow. Oh man, Justin, man. Oh man, I'm finna take a look at this. 
if you will. Yeah, go ahead, man. I'm gonna elaborate. <laughs> yeah. It's no big words, y'all. It's no big words. <laughs> <laughs> well, I speak the big words. He's gonna niggify it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's how he gonna do it. I'm the geek. You know what I mean? <laughs> we don't only speak nigga language. We speak English, too. Yeah. Okay. Justin Timberlake turned many of his fans into slews trying to determine the direction of his up-and-coming album, Man of the Woods, with some suggestion he has he's gone full country. The pop singer and entertainer posted a track list for the record with song some songs reading as if they were lifted from a down home country artist. Discography oh. and fans are trying to make sense of it. Well, what they don't realize is he is from Tennessee. Exactly. Like that's what that's what he do. Like he he's going to go back to what he know. If you look at Justin Timberlake back in the day when he was coming up as a youngster auditioning and stuff, the nigga, I'm sorry to say, the, the, the man was wearing cowboy boots and a cowboy hat. So what did that say? Yeah, bro could be called a nigga. He a nigga. Yeah, he is. I don't understand. And a pop boy band to be see, nigga. Come on now. NSYNC was on B and T B T because of him. True that. That daggone song. What's that song? That gone. That gone song. Yeah, and then you know he really, when he went solo, he really like showed his ass. You get what I'm saying? Right. Right. The man, yeah. the man has his. Yeah. It's crazy, man. Just gotta, just gotta keep our eyes open. But like, like we said, man, he from Tennessee. That's what he know. He's a country boy at heart, man. Yeah, I, I can't knock him. Y'all want to hear that? 60 back and shit, cry me a river. He's gonna go back to what he know. Hey, you ever, yeah. you ever wonder why most R&B artists go back to doing gospel? Yeah. Oh, it's interesting fact too, interesting fact. Today in hip hop, Dr. Dre debuted his Beats by Dre headphones. Oh man. How many years ago was that? I forgot. Oh man, uh, January six, two thousand eight. Oh man, crazy! Did you? That's crazy. Did you hear about the King Yellow and Offset beef? Nah. King Yellow and Offset beef. God, King Yellow. Okay. The Offset and Carla B um, relationship drama continues in 2008 
last year ended up with possible sex tape leaks and rumors of infidelity. Now Chicago rapper King Gala is adding to the chaos. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> as, <coughs> as he recently argued with the Amigo rapper over claims he slept with the Bodak Yellow MC. Wow. That's crazy. Dang, man, that's, that, that is crazy, man. There's always shit going on. Right. Yeah, they, um, they need to stop before somebody get hurt, man. That, and that's another thing in hip-hop. Nobody needs nobody to get hurt, man. It, it's enough of that going on. Yeah, but on a brighter, on a brighter note, Quavo meets Jeff Goldblum. Okay. Jeff Goldblum is an actor you might remember from Jurassic Park. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Okay. Okay, Quavo is moving in major... Move, uh, ugh. Quavo moving in some major circles these days. Recently, pictures surfaced of the Atlanta rapper posing for, cam- for the cameras with actor Jeff Goldboom. And all is right in the world. <laughs> Man, that's hard because yeah. Quavo... Quavo, Quavo made the group, man. I, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> if it wasn't like the other ones, want to not saying offset and take off, not good, you know what I'm saying? But Quavo, he got his hand in different stuff. He's not just looking at his as a rapper. He's a brand. By you know next, what I'm by next year, he's gonna be fully pop, man. He ain't gonna be making that right. fit too. Right. Right. Well, I heard he's touching, he's touching other um avenues, like you said. Like mm-hmm. he's avenues, like that's crazy. Well, I've I've also heard. Um, I haven't listened to it yet, but I've heard the um, that new little Wayne mixtape was fire. You know? Oh, I've heard a, that, a couple tracks. I don't think I've heard was the Drake and Little Wayne one off the Jay Z. That new Wayne, that, that Dedication 6, uh-huh. is a must-have, y'all. If y'all ain't got it, go pick that up. They get that one-time step of approval, man, for real. Woo! I waited up all night just to get that joint on Christmas, for real. Man, I guess it's safe to say that uh, Wayne has a lot of step. Wayne haven't lost nothing, bro. He got better. Like it, every time he released a DC a D a dedication, he get better, man. Oh. That's crazy. That's real crazy. You know, you know, um this this kind of off topic, and I'm gonna go into sports, man. Okay. You know, you know, um, the Falcons won yesterday. Okay. Um, playing the Eagles next weekend. Now that's going to be a tough um, one. Yeah, and then also, 
Alabama and Georgia play tomorrow night. Oh, yeah. At eight. So, y'all better be watching that game because that game is good. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, while we in the sports, let's see what we got here. <laughs> Tennessee yesterday Tennessee Titans defeated Kansas City Chiefs 22-21 I see now where Atlanta Falcons uh, defeated the Los Angeles Rams 26-13 and today the Jaguars, Jacksonville Jaguars defeated Buffalo Bills it looks like a defensive game it was 10-3. Ten to three. Um, Carolina Panthers was defeated by the New Orleans Saints, twenty six thirty one. That's a that was a nail biter and a heartbreaker there. Oh, so congratulations, B. Rich, if you listen to this, because that's his team. Uh, B. Rich, that's his team, bro. I promise you, Jackson, his team, bro. I like I like the Buccaneers, so <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Broncos and we we were shitty this year, so yeah we uh, it's all good though we coming back next year. <laughs> but I was happy as hell when May, May, Manny got his ring. I ain't gonna lie, I, I gloated about that forever. <laughs> That's what's up. Yeah, you know when it's just I ain't, I I ain't even gonna hate because I. I ain't gonna lie. When I was when I was little, I I liked the Broncos and the Buccaneers, man. I couldn't, you know what I'm mean? saying? Like those was my two go to teams, you know. What I'm, I'm strictly Buc- Buccaneer down, but for real, for real. Now this is gonna be interesting. Uh, tomorrow and next week, or the 13th through the 14th, uh, we're gonna have. We're going to have the Tennessee Titans play the Patriots. The Jaguars play against the Steelers. The Falcons against the Eagles. And the Saints against the Vikings. Now, I'm going to be honest. I'm mm-hmm. going to be honest. Out of that NFC, okay, the Eagles are good this year. I give it to them, granted. But the Vikings have been killing people. Mm-hmm. They look at that old Vikings team. That's why they ten and three. You know, you don't get ten and three by luck. Yeah, yeah. That Dante Cole days. Yeah, man. Back in them days, but um, now as far as the Falcons versus the Saints. Well, Falcons versus I think it'll be the Falcons versus the Eagles. The Eagles. Yeah, Falcons versus the Eagles. That's gonna be a tough game. Yeah, but you know they both gonna play defense. Man, I don't care how sorry the um, Eagles are, man. They always had a nice defense for real, and that's me giving props. You know what I'm saying? Real talk, real love. You know what I'm saying? That's me giving props. Like they always have decent defense, no matter 
how bad their offense was. They always knew how to pick defensive players. Uh, man, I just don't see the Falcons, like, realistically. We can't go off the record or the seed or the rankings, but, you know, stats-wise, I can't see the Falcons um, defeating the Eagles, not saying that they won't because – Football, like any other sport, is unpredictable. Exactly. You know, but it's like saying um, we know Kanye ain't gonna get no more Grammys. Uh, you know, yeah, <laughs> you don't know that. Now I'm gonna tell you one thing that surprised the hell out of me. It surprised the hell out of me for the Jaguars to finally be in the playoffs and to be this steep. Oh, yeah. You know, and they snuck in. Yeah. I feel like. This- it's, it's crazy, but that's dope. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was time. We had our time. It was time. That's true. It was time. And the, like, um, I honestly thought the Falcons was going to win last year. Yeah. I, I, um. I'm going to hop off, man. I got to um, go take care of some business, man. It was good chatting with you. Oh, yeah, man. Likewise. Yeah. Beat bangers. We in here. Go get that. That mixtape. Go get that um, album off of iTunes, should I say. Spotify. Everywhere else. You know what I'm saying? Y'all be blessed, man. Stay up. Listen to this, man. ATL in here, zone three. We out. Uh-huh. Well, that was one time. He out the um, podcast. It's just me, and we're going to continue with our news. and um, Memory of pro wrestling that I can, I can remember very vaguely was the Hart Foundation. Having Macho Man holding him and the honky talk man hitting him in the head with the guitar. Miss Elizabeth running backstage while Jimmy Hart's running around the ring and in the ring. And she, when Miss Elizabeth come back, she has Hulk Hogan. Yeah. And, you know, H- Hogan does the uh, baby face thing. Um, the Superman come back and, um, basically clear out the ring and say, Macho Man, that was like the birth of the Mega Powers. Now, one era that sticks with me the most, I do have to say it has to be that WCW, NWO. And um, I was, no, don't get me twisted. When I was younger, I did love the WWE Hulkamania thing, but I followed Hogan to WCW, which by default made me uh in the Monday Night Wars, uh, WCW Nitro guy. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm not gonna lie. In my household, it was a it was really a war. We did not watch the WWE at all. We <laughs> did not want to give them any ratings. You know what yeah, saying? that's like, how a lot of people were. It's like a lot of people was either they watched WCW or they're watching WWE. <laughs> but me, I don't know. I guess because. Even though North Carolina is a, it's basically NWA, you know, basically became WCW. That's right. I, and, and I, 
really a WWF guy, so I kind of found myself watching both at the same time. Like, I was switch back and forth. And now when I kind of, like, now that I have the network and I go back to watch stuff, I realize how many things I kind of missed. Exactly. Back and forth, yeah. Exactly. Now, um, getting back to the Monday Night Wars and, and like, what we were talking about, how we missed so much because we was either on one side or the other side, it takes me back until hip-hop again, like we say, how it all music and it all um, goes for, full circle, like the East Coast and West Coast War, when you had some people that would listen to Tupac and some people that would just listen to Biggie. They won't listen to both of them. It was either one or the other. I know you remember that. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly how it was. <laughs> the Monday Night Wars was real. <laughs> yeah. and, and you speak on... That, like, they only listened to, you know, Tupac and, and it took them, like, in the 2000s when they first heard Ready to Die. And I'm like, wow, really? Yeah. And then they, had, they finally admitted, okay, I like Biggie. And this whole thing kind of kept me from opening up to it. So it, it's, hey, sometimes it's almost like those things, like, when you have competition, it kind of makes things bigger. Better. And I think, and kind of in the same vein of things, I kind of feel like 50 Cent tapped into that. Because everything he does, he finds his opponent and he makes fans choose and that kind of self-promotes him. Like if it's if it's his show power, he'll talk about Empire so that fans argue about it. That's right. Or he'll talk about, you know, you know, he got his F and Vodka, so he'll talk about Diddy and call it Diddy Juice or, you know, with the <laughs> you know, he had to go at Ja Rule and he had to go at shoot everybody. And that's interesting. That's interesting how you say people pick their opponents just for some marketing. But you said one thing that, that was interesting. You dropped a jewel on people that are listening to this podcast, this pro wrestling edition podcast. Um, you said the NWA, which really started in North Carolina. A lot of people don't know their pro wrestling roots. Yeah, that's true. Especially the, I guess, like the teenagers these days that kind of, or the wrestling fans that started during that, you know, that WCW, NWO attitude era. I kind of feel like that that young of a fan, they kind of have an expectation of what wrestling is. Yes. They don't kind of get the full story, I guess. Like, for instance, um, I'm not going to disclose where I work. You know why I work and what I do. Um, one of the kids was talking to wrestling talk with me, and he told me that one of his wrestlers, he's in fifth grade, he told me one of his favorite wrestlers is Stone Cold Steve Austin. And he has the network, and I told him, well, if you love Steve Austin that much, why won't you go back and look at some of his WCW stuff? Um, those angles was good when he was stunning Steve Austin, and he had the U.S. title, and he kept getting himself disqualified to keep the belt. Like, stuff like that, you know? Yeah, because I was a big fan of stunning Steve Austin as well. So it's like it, yeah. The you know when he went to ECW and he got all that, and you know, he was fine tuning that new character, and then came to WWF, and I was like, okay, 
after the whole ringmaster thing, and then like I, I was an even bigger fan of the Stone Cold thing. Yeah, flipping everybody the bird, and you know, just not caring, <laughs> and you know, being uh, against the authority. It was cool. You know, I like that. But at the same time, it's like I knew he was good at what he did on many different levels. He could be <laughs> a guy from, you know, Texas talking about he's a Hollywood blonde, you know, making little camera gestures and everything. And it still was entertaining to me because of how he carried himself, how he walked, how he moved around. Basically, basically, it was believable. Yeah, exactly. It was believable. And I think that's like, a big thing in wrestling. That, that's a good point you said about believability. Because yeah. I feel like, uh, let's be real, even though in the 90s, we it didn't really kind of full-blown say, oh, yeah, wrestling is scripted, yada, yada, yada. We, you know, as wrestling fans, we knew. But, yeah. but the way they carried themselves, they still protected the business through kayfabe and everything. Well, I'm using all these terms, but basically, you know, it's like if you're living inside of a of a a play, you're going to see the Wiz, and they basically they're never going. Dorothy is never going to get out of character, and that's how wrestling is. And I feel yes. like when you stay in character, it's like if I see Ric Flair on the street, I feel like he's the same Ric Flair I see on TV. That's when you know he's doing his job. Exactly. And now. That's all I ask from wrestlers today. I don't want to see. I'm not going to complain about Braun Strowman putting on a, a, a elf outfit, but I will complain about you know Braun Strowman, you know having a feud with Roman Reigns, and then they post a picture together, you know, smiling on Instagram. That's correct. Now back to rest pro wrestling news. Let's get with this real quick, Alex. Yeah. Let's talk about the Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega match that happened in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Excuse me. Yeah. That for the United States title, correct? Yeah. And that was a very interesting thing because I, over the months, well, I guess it's been almost a year now since they've introduced that U.S. title. And I'm like, first at first I was like, I get it. They're trying to, New Japan is trying to go more global. Um, you know, they're already big in Japan, you know, probably the second biggest company in the world. That's right. But it kind of clicked to me. I was like, oh, okay, it's not necessarily about being the champion of the United States. It's almost like this is the championship of to spread throughout the United States, to spread to the other, to the western part of the world, to and it, it it is funny that uh, you say that because I'm looking at this article that says with Chris Jericho, New Japan Pro Wrestling makes appeal to American viewers. Yeah, and it's kind of funny that they say that. I mean, it's true, but Kenny Omega has made some really big strides to making New Japan a little bit more mainstream without even being known in like a big audience like WWE is. That's correct, and, and and if you look at what the WWE has done, it's the same thing that um, 
the Eric Bischoff WCW was doing. If you remember back in the day, the Cruiserweights, Eric Bischoff was bringing different wrestlers from different organizations, teaching us culture. Uh, think about Conan, how he had um, the Hispanics to appeal to Conan, yeah, the LWO, exactly. Eddie Guerrero. When, um, as a matter of fact, when uh, Conan debuted in WCW, one of the first things they had announcers do was mentioned that he was the Mexican heavyweight champion. At Correct. The time. And that, Correct. That, that makes me interested. It's like, okay, I just seen this guy have a really good match. He competed well against one of the top guys in WCW, and he's the Mexican heavyweight champion. Okay. This is really an international company. And people sleep on Conan. A lot of the young kids, they don't really know about K-Dog. You know what I'm saying? They don't know about pre-NWO Conan, like when he was wrestling with tights. You, you dig what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's kind of interesting how much, I mean, I was already uh, a wrestling fanatic, I guess you could say, before, you know, the NWO. So it was like I watched everything. So when I watched him and WCW, it was like, Oh, cool. It, it, he didn't even have to speak. And a lot of the cruiserweights and other foreigners that came in, they didn't speak, but I was always interested to watch their matches without having to have a storyline. And to look back on it in retrospect, when I look at a documentary like, you know, the Monday Night Wars documentary or whatever, you would have Chris Jericho complaining about how he was what they call a white baby face where he just, you know, he smiles and, you know, whatever. And I was like, but I was still entertained by the in-ring action that he put on. And I guess yeah. certain people had this innate ability to grab your attention without having to speak to you. And I guess mm-hmm. that's what I call charisma. And maybe maybe I'm wrong, but that's what I kind of consider. And so and I, I guess I'm kind of getting off, but just this quick oh, little thing. Like, I guess like before Roman Reigns started getting booed, I kind of sensed from him that he had that charisma, that innate ability to grab attention from fans. Correct. So, I mean, but the fans have turned on him, but that's okay. But I kind of feel like the reason why, I mean, despite the reason why they hate him, I think the degree to how much they react is because of his charisma. Yes, and then uh, I I feel like some of the fans, like I do in a way, sometimes I, I can't say Roman Reigns has worked his ass off these years and he's got better in the ring, but it, it just feels like. Yeah, it feels like he got he, forced in people. Yeah, forced in. He got, you know, shoved. Because I remember distinctly, because, you know, I'm an idiot that enjoyed the uh, new generation era of. WWF, you know, because I loved everything when yeah. I was a kid. So I distinctly remember, like, oh, Lex Luger was trying to get over. They were trying to make Lex Luger the next Hulk Hogan. And even though he wasn't getting that. over, I I remember distinctly that me and my friends were like, wow, we hope we see the Lex Express in the street. And that kind yes. of surprised me. It's like, uh, 
but at the same time, you didn't get that backlash from fans, even though fans knew he was being forced. But now yeah. you get Roman Reigns booed, and I feel like it's something to him that when he gets forced, they hate because yeah. he has a little bit of something to his personality. He, it's not that he's boring like some pe- people say or stuff like that. It's, it's charisma. Yeah, now, another topic that I see in music, and um, not music, excuse me, but Business Insider, that Mark Cuban is bitten big that this Japanese wrestling company, which is um, wrestling, can take on the WWE. Oh, no way. Mark, well, I well, see he, where he's coming from. I mean, he, he, he bought HDNet, um, which used to show Ring of Honor, and and then they stopped carrying that, and it now it's Access TV. It now carries, and he, you know, he has broadcast um, New Japan weekly every Friday, and it was behind, but now they kind of caught up, and now it's like you can see what's currently going on in New Japan wrestling with, you know, subtitles and everything, and you have Jim Ross giving commentary with Josh Barnett. Yes. And I, I feel like they can compete in quality, but at the same time, it's like it's almost like an ECW type of thing. It's like you you can love, like you have adults that love ECW, but the production value, I mean, technically, I think I read somewhere that technically, New Japan, even though like they're the second biggest company in the world, and they are the second oldest you know, modern company, because they were created in 1972. Mm-hmm. Even though they are that big, they are still, you know, one twentieth the size of World Wrestling Entertainment. That's great. Now, listen to this article. Mark Cuban is stepping into the ring with another high-profile billionaire to take his claim in the world professional wrestling. The other billionaire is Vincent Mann, chairman and CEO of the WWE, which has ruled supreme in the world number one company for decades. Cuba's cable and satellite network, Access TV, formerly known as HDNet, acquired the rights to the broadcast New Japan Pro Wrestling in 2015. So you're you're correct, Alex. Um, Mark Cuban is trying to build some type of friction to get views, <laughs> basically. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that feels what we were talking about earlier again. Yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely working. Well, I don't know if this aspect, but the company is growing because, I mean, as far as me watching New Japan on a more regular basis, it started about, okay, they just had Wrestle Kingdom 12, I I started watching around Wrestle Kingdom 9, so that's three years ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that caught my eye, and I can tell that it caught Jim Ross's eye because he he was there and announced live, and that's where he first got a glimpse of Shinsuke Nakamura, who's now in WWE. And he and they, I saw the same thing he did. It was like, wow, this guy is so charismatic. It's not just the crowd reacting to him. It's like the way I could have put the TV on mute. Instantly, I felt like, wow, this guy's a star. How he moves, yeah. how he walks, ring, uh, 
then his confidence, and then when he put on the match, I was like, wow, this is an amazing match. Uh. And then, like, years, like, okay, then Wrestle Kingdom 10, because they always have this show, January 4th, and fans hear about it, and I, and I hear the buzz growing each year. It's like, January 4th, and they've had these for, I think this is their 27th, you know, and even they had, you know, Chris Benoit, like, the same month he debuted in WWE, you know, when he left WCW. Before that, he wrestled at Wrestle Kingdom as Wild Pegasus. Mm. I, yeah, I've been all over the place, but, you know, just a little history on it, and it's like, okay, I remember Wrestle Kingdom 10, it grew, I was like, oh, wow, it's interesting. Then Wrestle mm-hmm. Kingdom 11, I I went out of my way. I was like, okay, they're advertising their streaming service. I'm going to go ahead and purchase it. I put forth the effort to translate the page to pay the $9. Mm. Now, that's kind of so. And I knew other people were doing that. And they talked about how many people, you know, they, first they said there was like, you know, hundreds of people who tried to sign up. Now, you know, that were American. And I was like, that's interesting. So, is I think right last year it was yeah, they had Shinsuke Nakamura versus AJ Styles for the Intercontinental title. And I was mm-hmm. like, wow, that's a great match. So and then later on, these guys are huge stars in WWE. Because, you know, for one, you know, they never been in WWE and they want to expand their their reach. Great. So and and I respect that because as a person who's a WWF fan from as a kid, I understand someone who, you know, especially AJ Styles, who grew up and you know he was born in North Carolina and raised in Georgia, and so I could understand him what want to be a WWF champion or a WCW, you know, NWA champion. Yes. Now, um, not to oh, but one thing. Uh, Oh, but the last part I wanted to bring up is like, okay, so it's hundreds of viewers last year. And then yeah. this year it was even bigger where they said that thousands of people signed up. And a and a major thing that I've noticed, you know you're popping when your pay-per-view can't is starting to be bootleg. Exactly. And so like I noticed at like four o'clock in the morning, I was about to purchase it even though I had somewhere important to go the next day. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I found, you know, there was a string, and then you know, five different strings for Wrestle Kingdom, and it started at like three a.m. the pre-show and everything. And I'm like, wow, this is huge. And they mentioned that tens of thousands of people had signed up. So yes. I think that says that New Japan has grown a lot, as well as the Jericho, you know, thing, and that, that's really amazing. I think that. New Japan may not necessarily be a big competitor, but they'll be very close to a strong number two. Uh, I do too. I do too. Now, with that being said, I do see them as being a strong number two. But if they're gonna have, if they're gonna compete with Vince, they got a lot of work to do. But um, back to another topic: Sting and Hulk Hogan reuniting for photo op. Mm. That's interesting. Very interesting. And you know the twenty I think it's the twenty fifth anniversary of Raw is pretty soon. Oh yeah, true. 
And if you notice, they've been slowly but surely bringing Hulk Hogan back in their, you know, flashbacks and stuff like that. I think they're conditioning us for uh, Hulkamania return. Yeah, and I and I would and I would be totally fine with that. Yeah, I do and too. It's I, I feel like WWE handled that the right way originally. I mean, yeah, it's kind of punishing Hogan for something that happened in private. Something that he didn't necessarily mean maliciously or anything, but they had, you know, they had to show that no one was bigger than the company. That's right. But even as, and I can at least say for myself, and I know you're a big Hogan fan as well, that, and plus, you know, we're African American, it's like, I um, I understand the damage of that word, but in this type of environment, it's like um, I I felt his remorse when he said he was sorry. Exactly, so me I too. Forgive. And I say, I want to say that too. We forgive you, Hulk. I forgive you, Hulk. Yeah, we forgive. You. Seriously, like give Hulk. WWE need to give Hulk another chance. A lot of African Americans have grew up on Hogan. He was mostly like a father figure to most of those that had a father figure in their life or did not have a father figure in their life. He was like an uncle or whatever. Like, we grew up with Hulk Hogan in our lives. Yeah, very positive role model. No matter what people look at outside of the ring or some of the fans that kind of grew up and then they kind of feel like they're so smart to the business, that they don't respect his in-ring work, which I think is kind of ridiculous. It's like, yes, you got to respect wrestling for what it is. Mm-hmm. There's those those high spot matches that are technical masterpieces, but sometimes there's like this once-in-a-lifetime character, once-in-a-lifetime performer that he can make you jump out of your seat and scream from just putting his hand to his ear. And I don't care what anybody says. It's like, if that's all he has to do to get that kind of reaction, then he is one of the greats or the great. Correct. Correct. Yeah. I mean, that's why we're talking about Ultimate Warrior. Oh, and a lot of the bad things they said about him is because they fell out with him for a while. But yeah. his promos made sense. Mm hmm. It's just, you know, they hate him at the time. That and, was his character. He was a big he was a big monster that that just talk. Yeah. Uh, you know so, you don't so it's like it's crazy when you sit up here and be like, Oh, he can't wrestle. Yeah, he can. It's like why would I wanna see an a guy called Ultimate Warrior do drop toehold and you know, Hurricane Rana's and stuff. No. No, I wanna see him go in and wreck shit. Exactly. And then people, <laughs> and it's like almost like I feel like the younger fans almost. <laughs> I mean, I get the same feeling from Goldberg that I got from Ultimate World when he was running things. It was like yeah. he just destroyed. He looked impressive when he did things that looked impressive. I always feel that any professional wrestler that does a spear, the best ones are the ones that used to play football, like Roman yeah. Reigns does a great spear. Uh, Goldberg does a great spear. Uh, who's the uh, Moose does a great spear. Mm-hmm. But like 
let's be real. Edge, he did a running hug. Yeah. <laughs> a so, running hug and softly placed you down. <laughs> yeah. So it's like I, I feel like a lot of the newer fans kind of they kind of crap on a lot of the the truly exciting wrestlers that we used to have. Yeah. Yes. Like, don't get me wrong. I am uh, at first I didn't like Cena, but now that I'm older and and I respect what he do, I kind of rock with Cena and his message. Yeah. You know, I was in, and yeah, I guess I'm kind of stubborn on Cena. Work he put in and everything. There's some things that is kind of undeniable about he does move awkward. And, you know, there's just some athletes that just, they seem like they're running with two left feet. (laughs) That's correct, man. That's correct. But I, but no matter what I do, respect everything and try to do. That's right, and I respect uh, Roman Reigns and everything he's done. That's, that's don't get it twisted. You know, yeah. we're not like super marks or nothing like that. We know what's going on, and you can't fault him. He's just doing his job. Yeah, exactly. Because I see it. It's like I love to watch The Walking Dead. You know. Mm-hmm. And there may be, I mean, okay, let's say Carl is a, technically a good, you know, the a face. Yes. And but I hate the kid. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just one of those things, you know. Sometimes you're gonna hate the face, and you're gonna love the heel. And I guess that's just the way it is sometimes. Yes. <laughs> and that's some real stuff. You're gonna sometimes with certain faces. That you can you can play along with, and there's certain faces you just don't buy. Yeah, like we could buy the Hulk Hogan. We didn't buy. I well, they didn't really buy Brett. They bought Brett, but didn't really buy him because that was the worst generation. Nobody was drawing through the new generation. Yeah. Um, there's Shawn Michaels, Diesel, Brett, Yokozuna, um, Bob Backlund. Sid, Undertaker, nobody was. Now, they bought Steve Austin. Yeah. Everybody bought that. Yeah, that's when they finally got over that. Huh. That's why I feel like it kind of worked. Because, like, even though they love Shawn, and yes, he's a, Shawn Michaels is a great in-ring worker, a great talker and everything. The, the GOAT. The like, GOAT. Really didn't. And so when... Steve Austin finally, you know, he finally got over that hump and he beat him. It became that Stone Cold era. The fans really gravitated it because they wanted that. Now, it's funny you say that. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. Every wrestler back in the day that I started watching through the WCW era and I took a liking to became something. I'm going to name these wrestlers for you, okay? All right. One, I told you, Steve Austin was my man. Instead of Steve Austin, Colonel Parker, you know, Bunkhouse Buck, the fuse with uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, matches with him and Dusty, him and um, Flying Brian tag team, and, uh, you know, the Hollywood Blondes. I know about all that good stuff. I know about all his injuries and all that. I, I called the shot of him being a star when he got to the WWE. Um, one of my older brothers had it wrong though. He thought 
that um, because of the gold dust promos that he was going to be gold dust, but I knew it wasn't going to be him. But with the ringmaster, I kind of knew it was Steve Austin coming in because I didn't see Austin in WCW, and I knew Austin was a good in-ring worker and he can wrestle. You know what I'm saying? So I kind of called it ringmaster. Um, another wrestler, um, Eddie Guerrero. I took a liking to Eddie Guerrero in WCW through his cruiserweight run, and then when he defeated the Nature Boy Ric Flair for the U.S. title in WCW, it really got me like marked up from form. Chris Jericho. Oh my God. Now his yeah. his WCW run was remarkable. Nothing to complain about if you ask me, other than him yeah, being the world champion. Pretty much in purgatory, but it's like he made so much of the time he had in WCW that like I look forward to watching him. Yeah. Despite not being in the main event, it's like few people you just look forward to seeing, and Jericho was one of them. Exactly. Did you notice that back in that um, Monday Night War Attitude NWO era, um, that everybody's segment, which what which, which what I'm trying to say is everybody's storyline was just important as the champion storyline. Did you notice that back in that time? Yeah, it, it definitely felt like it because it made it so that, like, you didn't you didn't want to. I mean, even though I was switching back and forth, I was literally trying to watch everything. So it's like you felt like you you couldn't turn away from you're, you're going to be missing something if you didn't. And I guess a little bit more today when they kind of I know they're getting a little bit back into trying to tell a story on every single thing, but then you have a bunch of throwaway matches, and when you have a bunch of just matches for the sake of having matches, I mean, you're making me kind of want to change the channel or turn on my Xbox and play a game. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And now, um, I know we said something about Shawn Michaels. Speaking of Shawn Michaels, I was on the network and I seen a match that he had special guest referee against um 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 um, um what's his name? It's on the tip of my tongue. Um Adam Cole and oh, and oh that Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre. Yes, they oh, yeah. it was at an indie what? show. Yeah, it was a uh, yeah. So it was like a um was it like the house show that happened before the takeover? Yes. Yes. Oh, was. so the network. Yes, and it was for the NXT title. Now, peep this. Uh, I was listening to some Shawn Michaels interviews, and HBK said he would never want to do a one-shot deal thing when he come, and that's it. So, in other words, he said in the interview, excuse me, that he would want to slowly get in and build up to a major program in the WWE. Hmm. That would be interesting because out of all the people that says they would quit and never come back, he's like the main one I would actually believe. Yes. But I never put it past him to slowly come back and work a program to possibly do an AJ Styles dream match. 
And he said he would never work a match, um, work a program when it's a one and done. He would want it to mean something. Like I heard him mention about um, AJ Styles, said he he wouldn't just want to do a match, and it doesn't help him or it doesn't help AJ. He wanted to help. He wanted to be a good story, something to help both of them. Mm, that makes sense. Yeah, and that's what great wrestling minds do. They they think about how it affects everybody. It's not just doing doing it for the sake of doing it. And that reminds me of, you know, the Chris Jericho and and Kenny Omega thing. Everybody assumed that it was just gonna be a one and done thing. Mm-hmm. But but the day after they did they had their annual New Year's Dash um event at Corrigan Hall. And at the end of the night, as Naito was, you know, so you know, celebrating after a tag match. Here comes Jericho, and he attacks Naito. So now it's like, oh, what's going to happen next? Mm. And I and it's funny because I seen, you know, just browsing comments on Instagram or Twitter, and you see people they're like, oh well, I think Jericho is just going to, you know, after this one match in New Japan, then he's just going to go back to WWE or he's focusing on his music because they have a a Fozzie tour or whatever coming up. And the Royal Rumble is coming up. Yeah, so they automatically assume, oh, surprise entrant. Or, But I feel like Jericho has a lot of things cooking up that can surprise people and doesn't make sense to the to the, to fans. And I'm, and I'm kind of excited about that. And I'm like, I wouldn't be surprised if he had some sort of deal where he could show up at the Royal Rumble and be in New Japan the next day. And I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. what did Vince really give him that much leeway? Or did well, New Japan really let him work without a, a full contract like that? Well, you, you know, know, you know, he let the Hardys work some indie shows. He let um he let Samoa Joe work some indie shows, some obligations that they had to fulfill. Um Triple H he let Triple H. Well, Triple H is his own boss. He worked his. Uh, he he was at an indie show with the Bruiserweight Champion. Oh yeah, that is true. Um, and I see a lot of wrestlers now. Hell, I even see Vince McMahon at some indie shows. So I I think Vince right now is really using his brain, and he's seeing yeah. that indie is cool. Indy is like the hardcore hip hop underground, and the WWE is like the mainstream hip hop. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? So I guess he's paying homage. But even, I guess the main thing is, yeah, you have indie companies, and but New Japan is like a a whole nother level of. It's kind of interesting how if Vince is really opening up to that idea of sharing talent, because for over a decade now, everything he's done is to protect himself and his company from running to uh, 
what was going on during that that era of WCW, the Monday Night Wars, where he's like, oh, I got to make sure there's a 30-day clause so that, you know, people don't steal our audience. Or, you know, when someone goes over. Or I got to make sure I have a trademark on this person's name so that they I don't build a star up and then they go to somewhere else. And, and you know, make that company bigger than ours because of the name we built and stuff like that. But I think he feels comfortable with companies that are like smaller than Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. But because I've even noticed like these days, they 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 might show Ring of Honor in a documentary, but they don't really mention them as much anymore. Mm-mm. And I think that's considered a super indie, correct? Yeah, it's a super indie. Um. I mean, sorry. I mean, I guess I almost consider Honor not an independent because yeah. I don't know because you know I hear a lot of good. Well, like maybe Bully Ray Dudley is a is biased because you know he was signed to them for. But I kind of feel like you know they have a national TV deal, even though it's on a comment isn't a channel many people have. I don't have it. But they reach out, you know, they have consistent pay-per-view, they have their network, so that's syndicated TV every week. They have, you know, they're basically running the same buildings that NXT runs. Because literally in January, NXT and Ring of Honor are both going to run center stage in Atlanta. I'm probably going to try to go to both shows. So it's like, there's some things that make me feel like you know, Ring of Honor is like it's below, you know, but it's a little bit higher than indie. Uh. But at the same time, it's like you can't really look at. I, mean, I can't look at indie like it's a bad word because indie shows are highly entertaining. You know, I'm I would love to go to like a PWG show, or. You know, even I go to an Atlanta wrestling entertainment show. Like, I've enjoyed those very much. <laughs> and mm. I would ask, even though I'm a, you know, a WWF guy, it's like when I see SmackDown is coming to town or Raw, it's like I'm kind of like, eh, I'll just watch it on TV. Mm. So I guess it, it just kind of depends. That, that's, that's true. That's true. Um, as I got older, and got over the purchase of WCW by Vince McMahon, I, I just grew to love the WWE stronger because, I mean, no shit, who's better? Yeah, that is true. Who is better? Let's, let's just be honest. Who is better? Yeah, it's done that, and I mean, I, I, I kind of feel like since I don't know if there's, you know, other people like me in my era. We kind of feel like, yeah, we love that competition and we kind of pick the side or whatever. But at the same time, it's like there was still that era where we watched everything. So Correct. I kind of don't. It's kind of funny when I watch kids like mark out and be like, oh, I hate WWE and I hope they go out of business. I'm like, why would you want a wrestling company to go out of business? Yes. I mean, I lived through... I mean, WCW going out of business was horrible. I mean, it was shocking TV for that one night. But then after that, I was like, this is crap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Only after 
big show now. I mean, I even, you know, hate it when USWA went out of business. I hate it when Smoky Mountain Wrestling went out of business. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's like, the person that watch everything is like, oh, that sucks. Mm-hmm. That, you know, and I'm like, even when TNA struggles or they do some stupid stuff, like, I don't, I don't want them to go out of business. I mean, I watch it, but I don't want them to go out of business. So I just find that something interesting that fans do today. Because mm. it's like, oh, like, for real. It's like, especially with WWE, it's like, okay, you think they do too much PG stuff, which is kind of a ridiculous complaint in itself. I'm like, my childhood was built off of, w, off of PG WWE. You know, I mean, the problem is the execution and the writing. You can make good wrestling without having to say "suck it" or or point the crotch or flip the bird or whatever. That's right. You I'm- know, I, I get excited about watching Clash of Champions, and I used to get excited about watching Saturday Night Main Event, and it didn't have. I had my Hulk Hogan's, you know, and yeah. my man's and. Even to the mid cars where you had your, you know, your Coco Beware even. Exactly. So, so when fans kind of complain about PGA, I think it's kind of petty to a certain extent because I don't think that's what affects the quality of the product. And, it's, it's the, I guess, are you making it realistic and stuff like that? Yeah. Is compelling things like that? Yeah, and I understand that because, for instance, one of my favorite wrestlers, and people don't understand why, and I tell them Jake the Snake because of his ring psychology, and people wonder why they like Jake the Snake. I'm like, well, you're not really paying attention to what he do in the ring. Yeah. The like, ring. Royal Rumble when, you know, he did things that were logical that you sat there and like, yeah, that's what I would do. Like, and, like, like I said, 91 Royal Rumble that, uh, Rip Flair won, you know, when Jake the Snake came in there, when he realized nobody was bothering him, he slumped down into the corner and he didn't waste energy and stuff like that. You're like, yeah, now that's smart. I'll let everybody else beat each other up. Yes. So, you know, it's like, yeah, like the way he talked, you can invoke the emotion out of you, whether you're a little kid or whether you're an adult. That's right. So yeah, it's like it makes sense to be a huge fan of like Jake Snake, <laughs> and people don't understand why. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, we're gonna go ahead and wrap this up, man. I appreciate you giving me some more, some of your time on this, and I will be contacting you again when we do another one, man, because you kicked that real mark and smart knowledge that we need to hear on the Gangster Geek Pro Wrestling Edition podcast, man. Alex, go ahead and give them your tag, your social network, your Twitter, your Instagram, Facebook, whatever you got to give them. Yeah, I want to just, you know, thank you for having me on your show. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's AlSwingCN. You know, if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's just AlSwing. Um, I got, you know, I'm a producer as well. You know, uh, you can look on my SoundCloud. It's just Alswing. All of them are A L S W E E N. And, you know, again, thank you for having me on this podcast and talk about wrestling. I love it. 
I love it too, man. And um, I guess we, uh, we'll be texting each other, talking about Raw tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, definitely. All right, man. Thank you, man. Thank you.